Welcome to First Baptist Church of Terrytown, sharing God's love and hope around the world. Our prayer is that your life is transformed as you hear the Word of God preached today. I don't think it's a controversial statement to say that Americans, we feel very divided right now, uh, that the country feels divided. I was reading a number of articles where they're like, no, we're not really all that divided. And I was reading through them and I didn't really believe all of the stats because I talk to people on a regular basis, not just within churches, not just on social media, but, but in community. And people just, there, there is a sense that we are very incredibly divided. And those two articles I read were trumped by the third article that I read this week. And maybe some of you guys saw it. Uh, there is a uh, study that the Public Religion Research Institute puts out, and uh, they've done this study, they, they've asked the same question eight times since 2021, all right? So this is a huge survey that they do, and they've asked the same question eight times in really two years, two and a half years. And this is the question that they asked. They said, because things have gotten so far off track, True American patriots may have to resort to violence in order to save our country. Agree or disagree, right? And they've asked the same question eight times in different surveys. Let's take a guess. How, what percentage number, give me a percentage number, do you think of Americans who responded to this uh, responded, yes, I agree with that statement? And what do you think the percentage number is? Oof. <laughs> How many of you are incredibly cynical? <laughs> 30, what else? 20%? Everybody. Survey, the survey number was huge. It was in the thousands. The number that came out was 23%. I mean, think about that. That's almost a quarter of surveyed people felt comfortable enough to say, yes, we should resort to physical violence. One in a quarter. And the scary thing is over the eight times that they've done this, that number has been on the rise. And it hasn't just been on the rise from a particular uh, political ideology. It has been on the rise from Republicans. It has been on the rise from Democrats. And it's been on the rise of people who identify themselves as independents. Wow. How in the world can we overcome this division? How can people who are so divided be brought together? It's hard. And it's not just our country that feels divided and that a quarter is saying, yeah, I think political violence is justified in our current moment. It's not just that we have that amount of, of division, like we look around the world. You see Russia and Ukraine in combat. I mean, we all were thinking like, okay, this is going to be quick. And then we're thinking, okay, it'll be not as quick. And now we're like, will this ever end? What will it take for those two countries to have peace? And then you look at what's happening over in Israel and Palestine. And you see this struggle and you hear the arguments and, and, and you see the devastation. What will it take for those divided people, the Israelis and the Palestinians, to come together? What can stop the division between those peoples? I know some of us are saying, ah, well, maybe, maybe everyone just needs to sit down and have a conversation, right? And I remember a number of years ago, I was listening to talk radio. I know I've repented since. Um, <laughs> you listen to all of that stuff for too long and it's just, blah, you know, it's, it's, it's not healthy if you listen to the 24 hour news cycle for, you know, 23 hours of the day. Uh, 
I, I was listening and there's this one pundit and he was uh, criticizing this one politician saying like, he thinks he can just go and, 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 and sit down and talk with everybody. And then once you talk, they'll be able to figure things out and it'll be good, right? And you know what? I was like, that's kind of mean, right? Like, like, come at least try and talk to people so you can end division, right? Wouldn't that, that seems like a normal thing to do. Except this political pundit proved to be right as I'm watching whatever the chaos of the day was continue to erupt. The conversations didn't happen. And you know what? If conversations really worked, do you know how many families I've talked with about how they're dreading Thanksgiving because they have to come and they have to sit down with their family members who have incredibly different viewpoints with them? And do you know how many families I've talked with who they won't talk to their parents anymore or the kids won't, or they won't talk to their kids anymore because they have different viewpoints? So if we can't even get it together with families who's loved and nurtured each other for their entire lives, if we can't get that, how can other people who've never sat across the table from each other ever put an end to the division? How can Division be stopped. How can divided people come together? In fact, that same political pundit, he was saying, you know what? I hate to say it, but we're all grown-ups in this room. We're all grown-ups in this room and, and it's going to take shed blood. People will have to die in order for there to be peace. The strong are gonna have to overcome. Someone's gonna have to die for there to be peace. You can't talk across the table at people who are so different and have any kind of meaningful conversation. Someone's going to have to die. How can divided people come together? It is an impossible situation. The Apostle Paul, right into the church in Ephesus, he comes and he writes this. He comes and he writes to people who are, or were, I should say, at one time incredibly divided. Ephesians chapter 2, starting verse 11. He said, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, the Jewish people, which is made by in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at the time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments established in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to, in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. For Paul, he's looking at the church in Ephesus 
Now it's largely made up of Gentiles, but it was also made up of Jewish people. And he looks at them and he said, there used to be animosity between you two. Go back in time and look at the first century writings. The Jewish people hated the Gentiles, especially for invading their land, but also for their idolatry, also for their their lifestyle. And the Gentiles, they look at the Jewish people and say, what is wrong with these? I mean, the derogatory comments that they'd make with them, even if they could kind of have a coexisting, lasting peace sort of kind of, they, they treated them terribly. They thought they were weird. They had horrible things that they'd say about them. There was this friction. There was an animosity. They hated each other. In fact, Among the Jewish people, there was a large group called the Zealots that rose up in rebellion against everyone who was not Jewish. Violent rebellion. How can divided people be brought together? According to the Apostle Paul, he says, you Gentiles who were once far off, you had no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, verse 13, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Divided people can be brought together through the blood of Jesus, through his death on the cross, which was an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Through the forgiveness that we receive when we trust in Jesus Christ, Paul is saying that can bring divided people together. And church, I'm not going to be able to give you a good metaphor for this. I'm going to give you some. They're not going to be great. Do you know why? Because there is something utterly supernatural that happens with the blood of Jesus that goes far beyond our imagination. There isn't a good analogy for it in our lives. When people trust Jesus, all of a sudden, they are brought together. When the blood of Jesus touches them, they are brought together. The dividing wall of hostility, Paul says, is brought down. And suddenly people who used to hate each other, call each other racial slurs, are now seeing each other not as enemies, not as people to be hated, but their brother and their sister, closer than a brother, closer than a sister, through the blood of Christ Jesus. Verse 16, that God might rec- that we might be reconciled us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came near and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Verse 22, Paul says, in him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit, right? So we say that it's the image that Paul has given us over and over throughout his epistles is that we are all one body. We are God's house brought together. All of us need each other. And when we trust Jesus, when we focus on Jesus, he brings us together. When Jesus is the main thing, he brings us together. It's kind of like, not exactly like, if all of a sudden you have two rival people on football teams and then one gets drafted into the other team and these who used to be fighting are now like, oh, well, I guess I, guess, I, guess I have to defend you now. <laughs> I guess we're on the same team. It's kind of like this in... In the six months plus that I've been here, a number of you have independently told me almost the same thing. 
I'm, all, I, I'm a little remiss to even say what it is. <laughs> Please don't be offended. <laughs> Independently, a number of you have said, when the church burned down in 1989, it was the best thing that could happen to this church. Because it, fo- it forced us to focus on the main thing. It forced us to focus on Jesus. Now, I wasn't here when that happened, but I know how God works. And in the midst of that tragedy, my guess is a lot of the pettiness that was there. And, and I'm, not, I'm not casting aspersions to any of you who are here in 1989. There's always pettiness in a church, okay? Can we be honest? There's always pettiness. There's always pettiness within me. Like I just told, I just confessed to you earlier, I wanted to block in the cars that had moved my, my parking cones with my own car, right? I can be petty with the best of you. <laughs> There's always pettiness, but my guess is 1989, after the church burned down, a lot, there was probably heartache and difficulties, but there was also sweet moments where people who used to not like each other and be petty with each other, as you're focusing on God, asking him for help, asking him to show you the way where the pettiness disappeared, even only for a little while, and there was an incredible unity. There was a brotherhood, there was a sisterhood, there was a family that you hadn't experienced before. That's how God can work, through the amazing. Also, I took note, I used to be able to get gas down here at Mobile Station, but that's no longer there. (laughs) That's kind of what Paul's giving us here. He's saying, look, you who are once far off, Jesus has refocused you. And, And if you have Jesus as the main thing, That brings unity. That brings people who are far off, people who have incredibly diverse thoughts. It doesn't mean you're all all automated now and you all think the same way and you all believe the same thing about the same things. No, there's still a diversity of thought. There's still vastly different viewpoints on things. But when you focus on Jesus, and he's the most important one, those differences don't matter as much. Those differences fade away. I was thinking about this too, and again, not a perfect example because there is no perfect metaphor. The blood of Jesus, when Christ touches us, when God the Holy Spirit fills us, there is something supernatural that happens that doesn't happen in any other way, in any other form of creation. But I thought maybe it's a little like like, uh, an autoimmune disease. Right? Because Paul said, we are one body. Once you've trusted in Jesus, we are one body. We all make up the body of Christ together here on the earth. And I, I think it's kind of like an autoimmune disease, right? In an autoimmune disease, your body, your, your immune system is, is actually attacking your body in different ways. And there's all kinds of, of autoimmune diseases. And most of them are, are not curable. But I was thinking of like celiac disease, where, uh, if you have gluten, it starts attacking, uh, largely your, your small intestine. Uh, because your body just is like, ah, it's an enemy, go get it. And, uh, and, and as your body is attacking itself, if you remove the gluten, by and large, the immune system calms down and the symptoms go away. It's not a cure, but it, it goes away. And that's a little bit like what the image Paul gives us here, is there's this, this hostility your body has, and if you remove that line, all of a sudden your body's like, oh, all right, cool, yeah, it's great. People who are divided can be brought together through the blood of Jesus. Now, some of you are saying that sounds like incredible, but 
there are still people who are divided today. Christianity has been around for 2,000 years, and there's lots of divisions. And in fact, sometimes when you trust Jesus, it makes life harder, and it makes people more divided than, than less divided. Yeah, that's true. Paul is writing this from prison because of the gospel. In chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which has not been made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gifts of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone, which is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, whom created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purposes that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. So Paul recognizes that, right? The blood of Jesus is sufficient for all humanity, but it's efficient only for those who trust. It's only for those who will trust Jesus. The blood of Jesus will only bring those who have chosen to trust in Jesus together. He understands that. And that not all the time, but there are some people in the world when you trust Jesus and you are following after Jesus, they will take offense to it and it will cause problems you wouldn't have otherwise had. That's why Paul's in jail. But I think Paul's point here is, church, there is no other way that divided people can be brought together except through the blood of Jesus. I know, I'm, I'm saying that out loud, and my brain goes 100,000 miles an hour. There's got to be another way. And yes, there are other stories where people sat together in a room that didn't know Jesus, or one knew Jesus and the other didn't, and they figured out a peace plan, and the peace was maintained. But those are the exceptions, not the rules. Look at the wars that have happened. Is there any other option for peace? We have tried the 19th century thought that they had reached the, the pinnacle of human enlightenment and there would no longer be any wars. What happened in the 20th century? The bloodiest, the bloodiest century in human history. Two world wars. Multiple other wars. The bloodiest century in human history. We thought we reached the pinnacle. We thought we could sit across the table and talk to each other. And peace was not found. People can't be brought together, not with such a diversity of thoughts and backgrounds and beliefs, except through the blood of Jesus. And you might say, this is great. How can this, how can it happen? And of course, Paul says it's all rooted in love. Verse 14 of chapter three, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven on this earth is named. That's Paul's way of saying everyone has access to Jesus Christ. There is no one. You've never met a person that wasn't made in the image of God. You've never, never met a person whom Jesus did not die on the cross for and shed his blood for. 
Verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we think or ask, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. It is love that put Jesus on the cross. It's how much God loves you. You ever doubt that God loves you, look to Jesus on the cross. For God loved the world like this. He gave his one and only son. So whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. If you ever doubt, if your life is misery and life is difficult and finances aren't coming together and your health is just in the toilet and you're like, what are you doing, God? You even love me. Look to Jesus on the cross. He shed his blood for you. And if it was just for you, he still would have done it. That's how much he loves you. That's how this is all possible. It is through his love that Christ shed his blood and it is through the blood of Jesus that diverse people can be brought together and made one. We can look around at our current culture and our community and we say we are absolutely divided. We can look at the world and we could say someone's going to have to die for there to be peace in Ukraine and Russia. Many have already died. Someone's going to have to die in Israel. Many have already died for there to be peace. We look at our own country and we're looking at the division that's happening. And that, that it's not the statistic of one in four people think violence is justified right now. It's the statistic that as they've been tracking this only over two and a half years, that number has started to skyrocket across the board of American ideologies. That scares me. And it scares me when we look at this and we look at the conflicts happening in other countries and you say, someone's going to have to die. Someone's going to have to die. Someone already did die. King Jesus shed his blood so that we could have peace with each other. King Jesus shed his blood so that we could have forgiveness so that we could be made a family. And through the blood of Jesus, people who are far apart are brought together. If you look at what's happening in the Middle East, you know who the best voice to listen to right now? Go find some people on Twitter who are connected to the church in the Middle East, made up of Palestinians and Israelis, and listen to what they're saying. Church, made up of Palestinian. It's, it's small. It's small. Church, it is small. But they are united. They have differences. They recognize they have differences. But they understand that more important than those differences is the Lord Jesus Christ who shed his blood for them. Listen to those voices. Look at the church around the world. Look at the church here. We have such different thoughts and, and different ideologies and, and, and cross the political spectrum. It's a joy to talk to all of you as you share your thoughts and your feelings. And it's like, wow, we, have, we really do have a diversity of thoughts here. And truthfully, 
Like those, those kinds of things, they have sunk churches before and they could potentially sink our church because of the different thoughts and, and ideologies. But I'm not concerned about that because this congregation, us as a church community, have been effective at maybe just one thing in the entire 200, almost 200 years of existence of this church, and that's keeping Jesus Christ as our focal point, keeping the main thing the main thing. If we lose sight of him, it all falls apart. But we can come from different ideologies. We can come from different backgrounds. We can come from different ethnicities. And we come together not because we're like, hey, we're all the same. No, we're very different. But we make up the body of Christ. And we're focused on Jesus. And through his spirit, we realize we are one. We're one. I understand there are still going to be trials. There are still going to be tribulations. There will be divisions. People who are divided can be brought together through the blood of Jesus. Remember, you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from Israel, and strangers in the covenants of the promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now Christ Jesus, who you were once far off from, has been brought near by the blood of You have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. Put Jesus first. See what happens. Let's pray. Father, I confess my... uh, my imperfect thinking. Even as I read this text and I preach this message, in my mind, I think there, there has to be another way. There has to be a way for us to work this out. There has to be diplomacy and there has to be someone, some way who can come up with a plan somewhere, somehow. And yet, Thousands of years of history have shown us that that is not true. That we can't accomplish peace on our own, and when we try, it explodes into war and bloodshed, into sorrow and pain. Help us as the church to be the voice of peace. Help us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, not out of a desire to have control, not out of a desire to restore our way of comfort, not out of a desire of anything else other than out of an abundance of love for what you've done for us and the love of the person sitting across the room from us. And if they reject you, we'll still love them with the love of Christ. And if they're difficult As far as it depends on us, help us to be at peace with all those around us. Father, I know the church can be the model for this kind of unity. The church can be the ones, the shining beacon on a hill that others look to and say, what do they have different? How can they think so differently? How can they look so differently? And yet they are one. I know we haven't always been that. But help us to humble ourselves 
Help me to humble myself and realize we can't fix all of our problems on our own. We can't talk our way out of every situation. But help us to trust the blood of Jesus brings together people who are far apart. Father, may we trust in your unfailing love and in the gospel of Jesus Christ to bring peace where there is war, to bring unity where there is division, to bring love where there is hatred. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about the church or make an online donation, please visit us at fbctarrytown.org.